welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. The Kinky Cast is heard in over 150 countries. This week's episode is 236, in our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we present Housewife in Heat and her boy on Living a Public BBC Cuckold Relationship in Middle America. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for loads of information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com. Here's your host, The Beast. Thank you, Max. And we're here for another edition of the Kinky Cast coming from the Midwest. We have a couple that are living the cuckold lifestyle in real time, and we're excited to have them. Hello, Alma and the boy. Hello. Hello. You have been doing this for a while now, and what is it that you do? Basically, we're a couple that enjoy having others come in um, and join us at first. And it has slowly morphed into me taking more control of our marriage and um, serving black men. I'm very attracted to them, and I feel I'm called to sexually serve them. And this is something that's developed over several years for you then, isn't it? Yes, it is. It, It has, I guess, evolved over the last two 15 years or so. Wow. So so, so this is something that, that, that you've been fine-tuning for quite a while. And you said you started basically as swingers? Yes. And do you still swing, or is that a, or have you moved away to a different form of non-monogamy? We've kind of moved towards just having black men for me to serve sexually. And then um, my boy has been trained to serve sexually as well, if the bull would wants that or not. And you've made a note in our pre-call that your name is, uh, Alma is actually means what in Hebrew? It means servant, slave, kept woman. There is definitely a pecking order with the bull at the top and the, do we call them bulls or partners in your case? Um, it varies. It's men... Most of the time, it's men. I mean, there some a couple have asked to be called bull. Um, to be honest, most of the time I call them sir. So it's not a um, they're they they are much much more complicated than just a sexual fetish in their own right. Then, yes, it is because I, when I hear the word, word word bull, it's kind of a sexual fetish. It brings up a sexual fetish in my mind that they are just there for a single purpose, and that is to fuck you silly. Right. But that's not the case for us. Go ahead. Tell me more. I said that's not the case for us. Well, more of them involved within or can be involved within our day-to-day activities if they so choose. This is actually becomes a dating arrangement for you. At this point, no, but it has. We have had that involvement. But is that what you're looking for in the in the ultimate arrangement, or or is it still a um, 
a limited engagement type situation? It's more um, going towards having a boyfriend type relationship with a prospect if it goes on of having someone live in. I've had boyfriends before and have enjoyed that type of relationship. The ultimate goal is a complete relationship with your black partner. Yes. And 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 then let me clear uh, be clear to the listeners. Our couple that we're talking with is uh is a white middle class couple. Is that an accurate description? That is correct. Yes. And you're in your middle years, but you grew up in a time when this was a bit taboo, didn't you? Oh yeah. And how does your family process this? My family does not know. Ah, okay. We keep it on the down low. What happens when a relationship builds to the point that it is a true per person living with you and so forth? How how will you cross that bridge? You know, if the family, the extended family, doesn't accept it, that's on them. I love my extended family, but they're not they're not me. They're not a part of our like daily life, and I think that some would be accepting. And some would not. Well, the very act of of consensual non non monogamy, many people struggle with. And they do definitely. Uh, I've got a partner, and her mother is struggling with our relationship horribly right now, mm. uh, trying to save her daughter from herself, and doesn't realize her daughter's quite happy, or I think she's quite happy where she is, but they want to save her because they don't feel it's right. And a lot of people think that way. It's not unusual for, you know, like a mother or father not to accept what their children are doing. Um, One of the things that's blessed us is we've been a military family, so we've been able to basically live how we've wanted to and how we feel called to without the extended family knowing. So you've been all over the country and world, I presume. Uh, country, pretty much. Country. Yeah. You are in the Midwest now, and you go out on public uh, uh, dates with your partners. Yes, I do. And how do your neighbors, have you run into neighbors? How do they take it? Just a sec. Let my boy answer that one. Okay. Hello, boy. Hello, sir. How are you? I am. I am good. Thank you for asking. If we're being fair, she's actually been in bed with some of our neighbors <laughs> oh uh, uh can i get you all to move in next 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 door i like neighbors like like that <laughs> it's definitely fun having a neighbor that's participating for sure our, our neighbors have seen me kissing in the driveway and seen me walking around with a black man um and for the most of the part they don't say anything or comment so it's it's like pretty much you live your life the way you see fit type thing. Has there been any inkling of a distance between the neighbors, or or have they just leave it be? It's not ours to worry about. Um, there's one neighbor that would say hello to us a lot until this happened, and now they'll wave, but they won't stop and talk. Ah, so there was a little bit of a wall that went up there. Yeah. Well, um it is their their loss in my opinion so i agree so you 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 go out and you are you are quite a sexual being yes i am and your name is housewife in 
in heat on, on, on fat, which I find to be, from what I've read of your journals, quite an accurate nomer. Description? Yes. You have taken this to a very public level in the in the community, in, in the cuckold community, to quite a open level. You have even been on the front of some magazines and the feature article and some uh, some websites and so forth. How did those come about? How did you become a poster girl? Some quite by accident, but had, because of our presence, I think, on set, and we've been on there since pretty much the beginning, it has attracted people who have been like, how do you do this? what are you getting out of it type stuff. And I'm very open about it and honest about it. And I feel that I should, you know, mentor others if they so choose this kind of lifestyle. The magazines and the interviews in magazines has come about by, like, some of the editors saying, hey, we really like how you state this, how you are open and honest about it, and we'd like to interview you. Um, one magazine that I did was a photo shoot. We had a photographer who likes the um, more sexual side of things, and he approached us to do a, photo, do a magazine, and I was like, sure, why not? Sounds like fun. And it was. A professional photo shoot is always a wonderful thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I always have fun at them. Quite a, it's quite interesting. Uh, the uh, the the attention to detail and the production values, always. I'm looking at some pictures on Fed, and you have the classic Queen of Spades tattoo. That is correct. It is not totally visible, but uh, it's uh, it's obvious if you're naked for sure. Uh, when did you get that? I got it 2007. So about ten years, ten eleven years now. Question for the boy. What was it like when she went and had that tattoo? There were a lot of bombs going off and some explosions and a lot of gunfire. I was I was in Baghdad. And what was the uh it, it was there an emotional impact at that point or, or, or did the emotional impact it it later? Um there was some emotional impact then. If I'm being honest, uh we've we've grown into this life and so you start out on something, and you don't really know where it's going to end up, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And so, you know, we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I've changed a lot. Um, but, I mean, it was emotional at the time. It has been emotional since then many times as well. Because once that mark is on there, it's a it's a bridge cross that, that hits a permanent thing that tattoo always is. So. Yes, it is. And what was in in your head? I presume that one of your partners took you for the for the session. Actually, no. Um, I had been encouraged by a couple of black men to get it, but they were like, you know, it's your choice if you want to get it. Um, the tattoo is actually a design I came up with. It's if you look at it, it doesn't look like the typical Queen of Spades. Tattoos. I made it um, a little different. I wanted it to be unique. Yeah, yeah. It is different than, than than any that I have ever seen. But there's no doubt what the message is behind the tattoo. If you are in the know, that is. Yeah. And I'm sure there are some people that would have no idea that there was a, such a tattoo that existed. <laughs> um, you would be amazed at how many of the black men I've met 
that do not know what it means. Wow. So this subculture is is less well-known than I thought it was. I thought it was a thing that was becoming a known. Yeah, it, it's been interesting because I'm like, they say they're in the lifestyle, but when I ask them if they know what it means, they're like, no, what does that mean? So I have to, you know, I explain it to them that it's pretty much a white woman who is exclusively for black men. Um, and you, you you go into the shop, you are a very sexy white woman. You go into the shop and you tell them you want this tattoo. And what, was there a double take? A male artist, female artist? What was there? Well, the first shop I went into, the man refused to do it. Oh, okay. So there is more of a story here. Yes. Yes. I had taken, I had gone in and, um, had left a copy of it with the person attendant because the tattoo artist wasn't there. She was like scheduling appointments and she told me to come back at another time. Well, I went back in and they actually left me sitting for a couple of hours before they let me know that he would not be doing it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) Oh yeah. I was like, okay, well, you know, and they wouldn't give me a reason. They just asked me to leave. Oh, just asked you to leave, even. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, uh, a business don't have to serve uh, just everybody, I guess. Um, if a baker can uh, not serve a gay couple. So, uh, you went to the next tattoo shop. Yes, I did. And there I scheduled an appointment. And I went in, and the tattoo artist I was with, he was. He looked at. He goes, "Yeah, sure, I can do this." And I told him where I wanted it. So they had me in the chair, and he started doing it. And he's doing the tattoo, and he's just finishing up. And one of his coworkers looks at it and goes, "Well, what does that stand for? What does that mean?" And because neither one knew what it was. Oh, so uh, so they went into it blind, and they're fixing to get the big reveal. Uh huh. And. It was kind of funny because they were both white guys, and then I told them, and they looked kind of taken aback at first, and I looked at each other, and they said, okay, cool, and that was their response. Is there a perception that, because of your lifestyle, uh, that you are a slut? In the day-to-day activities and type thing, nobody would have a clue that I'm a slut. But you do wear the title slut in private, I take it. I do. Um, for the most part, it's mostly I'm more a lady than a slut. I've had a lot of guys tell me, um, but I can be a freak in the sheets. <laughs> and your partners, do they, uh, when they see that tattoo, they know what it is, though. Do they, do they treat you differently? The ones that do know, oh, yeah, they definitely treat me a lot differently. And is this the direction you wanted it to go when you got the tattoo? Usually, yes. Most of the time, definitely. And what is that? How How is that treatment that the tattoo signals and and you're seeking? What is that like? It's usually they're more dominant. They take charge, and they know that I'm going to do pretty much everything they tell me to do. I know it's a good thing, but it's also a huge turn-on for them as well have this curvy, eager, white chick at their beck and call. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> it does sound rather, rather delicious. <laughs> well, I find it so. 
you and the boy have moved into a bisexual lifestyle for him. Correct. This is an ongoing development, I imagine, because, boy, you were uh, hetero, a very hetero male, or? That that would be fair to say. And so so this has been an evolution of a, la- of a decade or so. And how's that going? Um, I, I'm not sure how one measures that. <laughs> it started out to where I wasn't really given an option, and it's just kind of developed into something that I'm increasingly comfortable with. I know you're a very loving married married couple and very devoted to each other. And many couples, and I wonder if this is true for you, have said that this type of relationship has made their their emotional bond even greater. It has. Um, not only the emotional bond, but it's also made the communication between us, I would say, flow more because it's had to it, – it's – kind of made us to have to stop and think about what we're trying to say and how we're saying it. And it's been an eye-opener, really. It also makes you stop, you know, not beat around the bush. You just, some things, you just have to give it out, hey, this is how it is for it to work. Back to the boy. You do cleanup and you do prep and you do service for the uh, maid-type services for the for her partners. Is that uh, accurate description um that's that in general is a fair description uh typically when there's a black man involved he is here in our home i'm not sure how much made stuff that there would be to do at that point but like i'll fold up his clothes and stuff like that and i hate to use the word made because it's such a gender specific term but i don't know what the other word would be and was this your first exposure to bisexuality or had you toyed with it at various times in your past that's kind of a hard question to answer really i would say that there was toyed with a few times in the past but nothing concrete happened with it if that makes sense yes because in the in the swingers community a bisexual male is something most people don't know what to deal with True, very true. And it's even so with in a cuckold relationship with a black man, sometimes they don't know how to handle that or what to do either. And for them, it's either that they are having to bend to try to feed your fetish, uh, or or they're bisexual and the black male has a trouble admitting that oftentimes and even the white male has a hard time meaning bisexuality. So I can see the complications. I think some of it um, is also the fact that if you meet somebody that has been in this lifestyle for a while but have explored and all, they have no problem with making my boy be a fluffer or do different things. It's the ones that have not had that exposure or had that knowledge who most of the time is like, nope, I don't even, you know, I don't want him touching me, nothing. And it's like, that's fine. That's your choice. And you put the boy in another room, even if it's necessary. Is that correct? That is correct. After an encounter, what type of normal, or is there a normalcy between you and the boy's sexual relationship now? Define normal. Ah! <laughs> it's, a setting on the, it's, a, it's a setting on the washing machine. It, it's more a... Um, Depending on what has been going on, if the boy's been home when I've had an encounter, um, he does, I make him eat me. I make him make sure I'm basically taken care of. 
then if I so choose, I will either jerk him off and let him have an orgasm or I will give him a ruined orgasm. He is not allowed to touch his dicklet at all oh. unless I give him specific permission. Is there a cage involved? Not now, but there was. Because I know that many of our listeners are always curious about the cage and the what goes on. Boy, what when you did wear a cage, what, was, was there a mental thing that went on there or... Or was it just a physical discomfort? Or well, there's there's a lot of physical discomfort. <laughs> Do tell. Well, those those cages are advertised as you know this one's this one's comfortable and that one's comfortable. And as someone who wore one long term, there's not really any such thing. There's just ones that are slightly less uncomfortable. So the marketing is misleading there. Now, if we're being honest, there are probably some who are very well designed that are are, are noticeably more comfortable. Uh, they are, however, generally more expensive as well. She had me wearing one for a good while, and then it got to the point that she determined it wasn't necessary because it had accomplished the purpose that she wanted it to accomplish in that I wasn't going to do something without her telling me to anymore. And that was quite a mental shift because we're raised as men in America that our sexuality is in our control. Exactly. And in her household, it's not in my control at all. But the relationship that you all, that you have together is gets better and better. Yes, sir. Very much so. Wow. We might need to, to set this up as a new cottage industry of couples counseling. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad idea, I think. I wonder, I wonder. The, the couples come in, and the first thing you do is hand the husband a cage. <laughs> I think they would have a fate at that point, some of them. <laughs> Some of them you would have to tie up even more than likely. And I think for this to work also, you have to have a woman who is very strong and comfortable and confident in herself. And that's how you would describe yourself? Definitely. What is your background? Uh, You're uh, middle America, from the coast. Where did you originate? Not specifically, but what? I was raised in basically the Bible Belt. I've been raised in the... Midwest. I am definitely been all over the United States and, and outside the states to some countries. Um, one thing, though, I was in the military myself. I was a soldier, and I think that kind of gives me a better grasp how to train my boy and how to make him toe the line. So, when y'all talk talk his shop, you have a very intimate knowledge of of what he is saying and how to apply those principles. But you grew up very uh, Midwest and middle middle America with all of those values and so forth. And you are, well, you're on fetch. You say you're uh, almost 50. So that means you grew up in the uh, 70s. And that was the time that we weren't talking about this stuff. Definitely. And um, teenage years was more later in the 70s, more the 80s. So there was also that evolving into being true to yourself type mindset, I'd say. Right. But definitely having sex or being with a black man was definitely a taboo. It was like, you just didn't do that. In middle America, at least. And also the 80s was a time of rather great sexual repression with the emergence of AIDS and not knowing how to address that yet. There was a... 
the whole notion of sex was not as well talked about. Definitely. It was very much slept under the rug type thing. And we have done much, much better in the in the uh, the uh, the new century, I think, in addressing it. We're getting better all the time. So, what's in the future? Lord knows, <laughs> wherever you know, it's more just continuing to explore and to meet others. If there's a black man that we have chemistry that we click and all, and he's willing to. And he's wanting to do the same things along the, our, the lines with us. We'll gladly explore that with him and see where it goes. But for the most part, I'm just going to keep on going to be in being myself. I caught a word in there that I think is very interesting. You kept on saying we. So it is a couple's exploration. Yes, definitely. And did you ever come up with the number of how many partners? Ballpark. Twice as many as half of them. (laughs) (laughs) So more than a few. It's, I would say it's maybe hundreds or so, not even quite that much, but just that. Is it all right if I attempt to answer this? Please. If if we're being honest, uh, she's been with hundreds of men since we got married. Hundreds. But we don't often publicize that fact because it tends to leave some guys feeling uncomfortable with spending time in bed with her because of the perception among men that it's it, that women who have a lot of sex are somehow not clean or they're dirty or does that make sense that makes sense and 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 I have I have heard that but what I find the interesting paradox is the the same men enjoy a woman that is sexually free and how do you have it both ways? Correct. And it's kind of, it does amuse me because it's like, you know, a guy will be like, oh, wow, you've had that many men. Where on their side, they've had just as many women. And I do find that men are are, are stigmatized also for their uh, sexual adventures. I've got a number over 500 and potential partners that just will not come near me because of those numbers. Right. It's like they are afraid that there's just going to be another notch on the bedpost, and there are no such things. Each of our lovers is unique and special and wonderful. Correct. And one thing that also is a difference for me, I like the ongoing relationship. I don't like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, one night stands type things. I prefer being with one guy, and if that guy wants to share me with his friends, so be it. But he's also been responsible to make sure that those friends are disease-free and also smoke-free. So you're very much in the in the true poly sense that you're looking for relationships. Correct. And if he brings friends, that's just a they are they are just toys for the for the night, so to speak. Or you're their toy, and so forth. But it's not a relationship. It's just a fun evening. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This has been a most enlightening conversation. Is there anything that we have not gotten into that you wanted to share with our listeners? No, um, I think you've covered it really well. I just say that if if a couple is looking to start this lifestyle, that they sit down with each other and be brutally honest about what they want out of um, a relationship with somebody else or how they want to go about doing it. Because one of the things that we have found is key is honesty, 
and being upfront with your feelings. And um, I know a lot of women, when they discover that they're really enjoying sex with other guys, are usually afraid to tell their husbands because they don't want to hurt his feelings. When in the situation might be that the husband not only loves it, but wants her to continue being that way. And it takes a lot of trust in the in 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 each other to have those candid conversations. Yes, definitely. And you all been married for how long? Oh goodness, <laughs> we've been married for over twenty five years. Oh wow! So there was a lot of communication and trust built up over before you even stepped into these waters. Yes, definitely. I am excited for your for your future, and I hope you make the right connections that you're looking for soon. Thank you. We appreciate that. And listeners, we've been talking to Alma, housewife in heat, about the, her boy, about the Clean of Spades cuckold experience. You have been listening to episode 236 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. Join us next week when we present Terra for You on BJ's RBJ's, except when they're not.